coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts, DynastyLeagueFootball.com if the acronym is too much of a headache. Um, I did not forget to record a podcast for this week <laughs> at all. I'm not late because I was early last week and somehow in my brain that meant I never had to do it again. Um, instead, I've just been deep into it. Yeah, okay, I forgot. Um, but I have been doing some research on values. We did uh, post-NFL season, we did the rookie season, and we redid and revamped the breakout research of the last few weeks. Um, and so I decided to dive headlong into what makes a value. Um, typically, I find with Dynasty, especially Dynasty Twitter, as long as we say something positive about a player, if something positive happens in season, we can say we're higher on him. I think that's the way, you know, when left to my own devices, that's how it works in my head. If I said something good about a player then I liked him, and therefore, if they do something good, I was right. Um, but that seems like a loose receipt-like process, and it's not true. So I went on a little bit of a hunt. It ended in me just asking someone who knows more math than me. But as a way of finding how to accurately, or to put a decent objective measure on how willing you are to reach on a player or how much you're avoiding a player based on their actual consensus ADP for Dynasty League Football Superflex ADP for this actual month. Well, actually for July, we're in August now, but July's as good as we get. Um, and yeah, let's talk about that and I'll try to tell you who looks like a value in Superflex um, rankings right now versus ADP and uh, also how I, how, how I, how I did that. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets. Sometimes pour cold water on heat When the mass not adding up You said I'm checking out I'm just Working to the ground Yeah, so I had this half-baked idea ended up writing it up for Patreon. Like, I, I do certain things every month for Patreons, most of which I just listed in what we've done in the off-season, right? Um, I've produced my first round of seasonal projections, and I keep updating those regularly throughout the months. Um, I, and I typically end up revamping the process every, uh, every off-season, and every season as well, for seasonal content, based on what I've learned 
recently because we're meant to be learning and improving. Um, but projections is one, but also so is just rookie season, the rookie process, and also evaluating what just happened with regression trends at the start um, of the season. We'll probably circle back to that just before the season starts. Um, and then the, the one I spend most of my time on because it's most interesting for Dynasty and also just the thing I've been working on a lot. Um, over the last two seasons anyway is looking for breakouts what do common breakouts look like how do we define a breakout things like that um, but right now we're moving on to values um, and I had this half-baked idea that with all the breakouts values and sleeper articles that I write and everyone else writes and um, sometimes it feels like there's a, a league winner with every pick and there's always a cohort of fans willing to say I told you so when a player does absolutely anything good um, so I wanted some way of measuring how high or low I'm on a, I am on a player based on the rankings and the, uh, that I put out um, without having to just look at positional rankings because that really wasn't doing the job. For example, ranking Elijah Moore as a 21st wide receiver off the board felt like I was saying I liked him more than ADP because in ADP he's around wide receiver 30. But the fact is that there are about 40 different wide, top 24 wide receivers, or at least there's a decent cohort of 20 wide receivers or so, whereas it varies on a theme based on individual players and their roster management. But pretty much we value them all in a similar way. Like you might be ranked wide receiver 30, but whoever is rostering that wide receiver isn't going to let them go for anything less than someone else who's rostering the wide receiver 21. And so it doesn't really tell the full story. And so what I was doing is trying to measure it based on ADP and how far in overall and positional rank I am than what the average draft position is, because we know the average draft position does a certain job in terms of predicting value and also predicting actual points, even when looking at Dynasty ADP, which is more heavily concentrated towards value, as we know. But we know it's a decent baseline. But honestly... Most of the math I came up with was just kind of intuitive based on whether it produced results which accurately reflected the way I feel about players that I'm high or low on. And so, yeah, that didn't work. So what I did is I reached out to Matt Spencer on Twitter. He writes for Rotoviz. Um, if you don't know who he is, you should definitely check him out. The math is strong with Matt. Um, it's spelt with two A's. M-A-A-T Spencer. At Matt Spencer, it's a really simple app, but he's a really decent guy. Helps me out with a lot of coding, engineering, and math problems, and um, because he can do that kind of thing, um, and he put me onto an article. He's actually writing for Rotoviz. We've actually approached um, the same problem from two different directions, and he was looking at NFL ADP or NFL draft position versus Rotoviz rankings to see where we might be overshooting sh our shot because we shouldn't suspect we're that much smarter than the NFL. Now, I got some disagreements with that idea because we're not shooting for the same thing the NFL is, but ultimately we're looking for a similar process. And Matt being Matt, he'd found one. So he put me onto a base 10 logarithmic formula. <coughs> okay, yeah, um, let me just say this simply, because I've written this up for patrons already, and you can see me breaking down where my ranks are, but today I really want to talk about Dynasty League Consensus Superflex rankings, because that's a group of very sharp players. I'm one of them, so, you know, one of them isn't so sharp, but the rest of them, Ryan McDowell, Mike H, they're all really sharp Dynasty players, specifically ranking in Superflex, so I can compare that directly to Superflex ADP at DLF, the same source, essentially, and, and see where the 
the sharp group is high or low on individual players and I'm in the middle of writing that up for DLF and I thought it would make an interesting subject for the podcast as well. So let me try and article up the explanation of the math here because otherwise my eyes are going to go cross-eyes. So essentially, by using a logarithmic calculation on both the overall ADP and the overall rank, um, and their positional rank, and their positional rank in ADP, what we're doing was adjusting um, the non-linear correlation between draft pick and value um, into a linear correlation. So similar rank differences five rounds apart should be less significant. Um, and increasingly, we as we descend through ADP, uh, our ranks should get increasingly softer when it comes to highlighting whether we are reaching or avoiding a player. If you're avoiding a player um, in the 10th round, for example, you are going to have to draft them significantly lower or rank them significantly lower than they are in ADP versus if they're only in the first overall pick. For example, one of the biggest values or the biggest reaches that consensus Superflex rankers are making um, right now is it was it was actually seven out of seven Superflex rankers, but I changed mine just to be contrary, to be honest, and see what happened on Twitter. Turns out bad things. Everyone hated this. But um, six out of seven Superflex rankers right now are drafting Josh Allen behind Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously, they're in the first three picks in Superflex ADP and also in the first three picks in Superflex consensus rankings. They're ranked in the top three. So there's very little difference between, you know, whether you take them first or second. And if you ask most people and ask most of those rankers, I think they'll tell you there's a tier of position players there and they don't feel so strongly um, Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen. But if forced to choose, they take Mahomes over Allen. Um, again, it was 100% and now it's 6 out of 7 of the rankers because I literally changed mine because I thought I was being contrary by liking Mahomes more than Allen. But it turns out I was just with the crowd, um, of rankers at least, so I switched mine. But still, because they are so highly ranked, that rates as one of the biggest ranking differences in Superflex uh, DLF rankers that I could find. Essentially, by combining his overall positional difference and his um, positional rank difference to Superflex, that ranked as a 95% difference in the two logarithmic formulas um, from consensus ADP. That is the number one reach Superflex rankers are making over consensus ADP. And it's just one positional shot. On the other end of the extreme, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is being drafted around 98th off the board in Superflex ADP. And by consensus, us Superflex rankers are taking him off the board at 67th overall. That ranks as a 33% difference than Superflex ADP by combining, again, both the positional rank and the overall ADP rank. So despite being 30 spots different, because they're draft, because Clyde Edwards-Lair is drafted so far down compared to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, it actually ranks as a significantly less re- lower reach. Hopefully that clears that up. Essentially, we're adjusting how much the ranking difference has to be for it to be a significantly similar reach or avoid um, when you're comparing it directly to Superflex ranks. All right. I should also point out, because, you know, I got the chance to talk to someone who actually understands the math a lot better than I do, um, and Matt 
wanted me to note, and he writes up in his article that he gave me a proof of just to get a sense of what he was trying to do with the calculation, um, that technically players I'm calling values, as in we're taking them significantly above ADP based on this formula, um, as a consensus group, uh, and therefore we think their ADP is too low for them, and therefore in my head that equals value. But Matt pointed out that they're not really just values. That language is a little too simplistic, because essentially um, what we're doing is saying they're high-risk-reward picks, because we are betting against consensus, which we know is pretty good, um, at projecting points and value in Dynasty. And so by taking someone significantly above and their ADP were actually taking a higher risk pick, but we think the reward is worth it. And so really risk reward is the language we should probably use. Or in fact, if we're only willing to take a player significantly below ADP, in other words, in my language, they're an avoid according to our ranks, that actually means it's value we're giving to the rest of the people in the draft. Because if we're not taking them significantly close to their ADP, then whoever does draft them is probably getting a decent value on them because we're allowing them to fall. But he would say things like that because he's a nerd. And I'm just a dynasty player who plays fake nerd sometimes. So in my head, anyone we're drafting significantly above ADP, according to consensus, is someone we feel is a value in Superflex right now, or even in Dynasty in general, and anyone that we're taking below ADP according to our consensus rankings, they're a player we're more likely to avoid in drafts. And so I'm going to stick to that value and avoid language, but it is worth noting that you could flip this and still be using the exact same logical process to say those that Superflex rankers are drafting above ADP are more risky, um, even if rankers think there's more reward there um, and those we're letting fall according to ADP are actually significant values this year you could invert it uh, and that's significant especially if you disagree strongly with any of the names I'm going to list here and I thought that was an interesting point and I'd put it in here just since Matt knows the math and that's what he said the only other note I would make on it is again, you can read uh, me breaking down what my positional ranks are, and I linked a sheet where you can include different ranks and see what pops up, and also see my top 15 values in a table, or just look through the graph itself. But, um, and I'm writing this up for DLF as well, so be sure to check out that article when it comes out. I just wanted to mention a few observations I've noticed already um, for the podcast. Something I noticed about my own ranks, I thought I was going to be, because, you know, the, the line I always try to remember to say because I've got to develop some sort of sentence? I don't know. Some sort of description of my process is that I want to take very few shots against ADP. Again, because it's pretty good. Um, but I want to hit at an above average rate. So I don't want to be over and under drafting players significantly high. And in fact, I massage my ranks significantly having gone through this process. And I don't think that's cheating so much as it's coming to terms with what you have to, how much you actually have to like Elijah Moore in order to consider yourself high on him or um, rank him in such a way that your rostership of Elijah Moore in drafts this year would be significantly high. Um, and that gave me some sort of, you know, cold water, real realistic moment of it's okay to rank him wide receiver 21, but if I'm not willing to draft him 30 spots higher, then honestly, I'm not high on Elijah Moore and someone else is going to end up with him in drafts more than me because these sharp rankers here are telling people to. For example, to go back to my Elijah Moore 
rank, DLF ADP um, has him as wide receiver 30, on average taking as the 90th overall pick in Superflex. But DLF rankers put him in the 50s, so you have to take him in the first 50 picks as wide receiver 17. And that's more likely to be what your competition is doing, because that's what the rankers are doing versus what ADP is doing. And I think there's an interesting comparison to be made that way. And using this formula, uh, and again, it's a pretty simple formula to run in Excel. It's not fancy math. I'm not telling you I've solved ADP, but it is a realistic measurement of how whether you are high or low on a player, whether you find them a value or an avoid based on what the average player is doing according to DLS Superflex ADP. So um, I find it a pretty good exercise to run through and I would advise it. One of the things I noticed um, is even after massaging my ranks, I don't hate nearly as much as I thought I did. In fact, my ranks were much more closer to ADP than uh, I ran four other Superflex rankers through this process already and I've also ran the consensus ADP through it. My ranks correlate to ADP as closely as consensus do and they are more closely correlated to ADP than most of the other rankers that I checked. In fact, all of the other rankers. For example, Ryan McDowell in the top 100 picks, his ranks correlated to Superflex ADP at around about a 53% clip according to R squared. The DLF consensus ranks correlate to ADP about 66% in a 66% um, of variance, um, whereas Mike H's ranks correlate to the to the Superflex ADP about 35% of the time. Now, that's not Mike H is making a lot of mistakes. Um, I'm literally just looking at how much he is willing to bet above or below ADP um, versus what Ryan, Consensus, and mine do. My ranks, however, correlated to ADP about 65% of the time. So I'm slightly less um, in line with ADP than Consensus ranks, but I am significantly more in line with uh, consensus ADP than Mike H. And honestly, I'm still about 10% more in line with ADP than Ryan McDowell is. Now, the interesting thing here is that we are making very different bets. That's just measuring the variation. It's not measuring the variation on all players at all times. So we're making different player bets. For example, um, I'm, I seem to be significantly higher on players like... Uh, I'm looking for two comparison points here. I was actually higher on C um, T Higgins than Ryan McDowell is, whereas if you look at Mike H, he's significantly higher on Trevor Lawrence than I am. And so the players themselves are different, but the correlation to ADP consensus um, is significantly different as well. Ryan is much closer to ADP than Mike H, and I am even closer to ADP um, than Ryan McDowell is. And in fact, DLF consensus inches us even closer towards ADP, which makes sense when you think about it. You get a group of sharp rankers, they should be closer to ADP because ADP is fairly good. But an individual ranker is going to want to take different value and avoid shots in different places, and they're going to want to make those more strongly. Again, because the goal is to take very few shots, but make them significantly um, strong shots as well. You would take Juju Smith-Schuster not just above ADP, but you would consider him a potential top 12 wide receiver this year and therefore you would draft him as such while taking some value but not letting him fall too far to the risk that someone else would roster him and therefore your roster ship increases and um, 
I feel like I've gotten into the weeds a bit. Again, I'm still writing this up, so I'm still learning. Um, and there's a lot of interesting things to learn from this process, and I'd recommend it. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, now, again, uh, for the podcast, I'm just going to run you through some of the players that Consensus DLF Superflex rankers think are values when you compare it directly to DLF Superflex ADP. So it's individual rankers as a small sharps group versus um, Superflex ADP. Now, again, one of the, the first name off the list that I've already told you about is Patrick Mahomes. That's the most significant reach that Superflex Consensus is willing to make. And I actually asked about this because, again, I was making it 100%. All rankers were taking Patrick Mahomes above Josh Allen until I switched to Josh Allen just because I want to be a contrary little person. Um, but... Uh, I asked about it because I know my own feelings on it. Um, and the central, the consensus seems to be why there is a tier. Essentially, they feel like Mahomes' points are safer over the long term. Remember, these are dynasty rankers playing dynasty. So in five years, they feel more confident that Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes than Josh Allen is still going to be Josh Allen. Now, the interesting thing about that quote-unquote bet is that it doesn't say necessarily that Patrick Mahomes will finish higher than Josh Allen next year or the year after but that within a five-year period you'd probably rather have had Patrick Mahomes ultimately at the end of that five-year period than Josh Allen I'm not sure I agree with that which is actually why I changed my ranking I didn't mind it as a contrary rank if I'm taking Patrick Mahomes ahead of Josh Allen but most rankers most people I might be playing um, in in leagues with would take Josh Allen but it turns out that against ADP, sharp rankers are heavily favoring Josh uh, Patrick Mahomes. And so I wanted to go back the other way. Again, ADP is pretty good at this. Um, and while no one is predicting an injury, as long as Josh Allen is Josh Allen this year, I think drafting Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes or valuing Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes wins. How many seasons can that happen before it's just a broken clock rank? Like eventually... Josh Allen might get injured, and then you're like, aha, yes, but you lost three seasons in a row. Is it two seasons in a row? Maybe it's just one more season, because so far, Josh Allen has been as a QB1 for two years straight, which is actually pretty significant. Very few quarterbacks have been the actual QB1 twice. The repeat rate, even at quarterback at that level, is not great, right? We're talking about a 20% rate in the top five, let alone as a QB1. Now, that's not essentially predictive, but I do think it illustrates how it feels like a laissez-faire rank to say you prefer Patrick Mahomes. I do too, but if everyone that is sharp, at least according to rankers, is taking Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen, I think there's value in coming back in line with ADP and just admitting Josh Allen is probably more likely again to outscore Patrick Mahomes this year, even if they are within a tier and not one's not better than the other. I've probably spoken about this too long because there's not a lot of value here. If you have Josh Allen, I would trade him for Patrick Mahomes plus, but I would also do it the other way. And I think essentially that so were those other rankers there's very little value difference between them it's just notable to me that that was the strongest rank basically because it's literally rank one and rank two now there was I, I did find it interesting that one ranker um specifically matt has neither of the neither of them as the overall 101 in fact is leaning lamar jackson which is doubly interesting because he's got allen below mahomes but the real concern on lamar jack uh, on uh, Josh Allen is that he rushes too much apparently and um, and there's an increasing risk that rushing doesn't age as well as passing not necessarily injury because that's directly been shown not to be true 
but I would like to try and get in touch with Matt and see why he would rank Lamar Jackson as the number one QB, but Josh Allen as the number three QB, because there seems to be an interesting thought process going on there, and we might be able to learn from it. Anyway, and that's Patrick Mahomes. He's the strongest reach consensus ADP is uh, consensus rankers are willing to take against ADP, even if it's in the first three picks. Now, the strongest fade consensus is actually making is Leonard Fournette. Now, in individual drafts, um, Leonard Fournette has been taking the top 50 picks around 49th overall off the board, whereas according to consensus ranks, he's 112th off the board. Now, it's little too much to lay this to the you know hating hating age um in dynasty because i know why they're doing it right similar reason why you would fade josh allen over patrick mahomes because rankings are always going to take a longer view and lender fournette has very little value even if he recreates his top 12 season which he should this year outside of injury but even if he does that, his value won't be very much. He won't be tradable. And where most rankers have that strongly in mind because they're doing dynasty rankings, it's not necessarily that they wouldn't agree that he's not a top 12 running back this year. It's just that they have to rank value as well. And especially in Superflex, other positions are going to fall. And especially at the running back position when you're taking into account value and the longevity of it, running backs are going to fall as well. But that is the player that Superflex rankers are most likely to fade. And again... Even though he should create a top 12 season this year at the running back position, top 12 isn't the same as top 8 or top 5, and it's normally not the value we're looking for, and that's actually league and difference making. But also, it's worth noting that he could not, and then you don't get the points and you don't get any value because he's an older running back dependent on a quarterback who's also probably going to retire at some point, unless he really is superhuman, I guess. And and so it makes sense that that is a player that uh, consensus ranks are most likely to fade. Again, where you rank a player isn't necessarily as important as the process you use to get there and consensus ranks are always going to slide to safety because they're trying to issue generalized advance advice the way a draft goes if you are finding a lot of value in older players you can push for this to win this year in dynasty and still find value and create a successful dynasty team that doesn't need to be rebuilt over and over again but if you're asking for a consensus group of sharp players to rank and Superflex value, they're going to be low on Leonard Fournette. However, the second highest avoid actually is significantly um, contrary to that. The player Superflex consensus are fading the most or avoiding the hardest versus Superflex ADP is Drake London. Drake London is currently being drafted overall around the 50th overall position rank, right next to Leonard Fournette, so you'd think Dynasty rankers would be all over that. But by consensus, we're taking him as the wide receiver, or the, sorry, overall um, at position 83. That's a 61% difference once you combine both his positional rank and his overall ADP. We don't like where Drake London is being drafted right now when you look at Superflex ADP. And while ADP is sharp, and I want to be close to it, I'm heavily in favor of this take. Drake London right now is being taken as a wide receiver 13th overall. Um, and while Dynasty players are ranking and drafting for value, the consensus of Superflex rankers at DLF are strongly saying, I doubt he holds on to that value. Um, and we definitely doubt he actually produces that level of production to, 
to justify that pick. And so as a wide receiver overall, wide receiver 13 overall, being drafted 50th overall in Dynasty ADP, yeah, we're we're pretty much of one mind to come fade in this year. Whereas again, in ADP, um, as in most people playing Dynasty are drafting him in the top 50, Superflex rankers are saying maybe, maybe give that a skip. Um, all right, I'll switch back to value now because... The second highest reach consensus ADP uh, consensus rankers are willing to take is AJ Brown, and I think this is interesting because I keep ping ponging back and forth on whether I think AJ Brown is a value or I think he's an avoid, and I think this is a similar problem to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore looks like a good value when you look at Superflex rank ADP overall, but then when you go and look at rankings, especially of people that might be playing in your league or people that people in your league may be listening to, they are heavily suggesting that Elijah Moore is a strong buy, which I agree with. And both Elijah Moore and AJ Brown both came up as significant reaches for me and when I was running through my own process and looking at my own ranks. But AJ Brown is the second highest reach Superflex consensus rankers at DLF are willing to take. And now, again, because he's drafted overall at position 35, and Superflex rankers are taking him inside the top 16 picks on average, and that's a 54% difference once you combine both the positional rank and the overall rank. So Patrick Mahomes and AJ Brown are the two players that Superflex rankers are willing to reach on above ADP. Next comes a whole bunch of other players. I've got the top 15 rank on that article I'm writing up for DLF. Um, Elijah Moore already spoke about. George Kittle was an interesting note. He's being drafted 56th overall. Um, the average ADP, by the way, of players that Superflex rankers are willing to reach on is actually around 86. So we like reaching on players between pick 50 and pick 80, that sleeper range. But you'll notice they're actually reaching on players that have actually got proven production, which follows process my process as we talked about it on the crossroads before we'd rather take proven players than sleepers within this range and the average consensus ranker is also following suit with that as well but we're taking uh, by consensus ranking we're taking george kill around 38th overall um, and in ADPs, we've taken 56th overall. That's a 20-spot difference and an, at least two rounds difference as well. And it creates a 46% difference between Superflex rankers and Superflex ADP. Another one I thought was interesting is DeAndre Hopkins. He's being drafted basically as a forget-me-not, around 121st overall, whereas Superflex average is taking him 69th overall. And all these ranks are updated, by the way. Um, the, the, the longest holding rank is July 27th. I did check that. It's not like someone's still ranking DeAndre Hopkins from last year and they haven't updated their ranks. These have all been updated in the last week or two. Um, and I think that's notable because if you're taking him in the top 70, that's a really strong reach. And I don't think you necessarily have to do that because he's being drafted overall in ADP at 121st. But Superflex rankers as a group are strongly pointing out that proven old guy is definitely a value when you're just looking for points for this year and so Hopkins makes the top six overall reaches for Superflex Dynasty ADP um are there any interesting well there are a lot of interesting avoids here um I thought uh well some of these you know why a consensus group of rankers and Dynasty would avoid him like Christian McCaffrey injury I'm not avoiding him I'm one of the ones still drafting him pretty close to ADP uh, at position 11th overall um Kirk Cousins James Connor, we're avoiding him as consensus group, despite the fact, again, dynasty rankers, especially sharp dynasty rankers, are going to avoid points um, in lieu of potential value 
proven value at that, as we talked about with the uh, reaches they're making, not just rookies, because rookies are actually making the avoids list this year. But uh, yeah, um, uh, James Connor's making the avoid list. He's been taken 64th overall by Superflex ADP and 118th on average by Consensus Rankers. We're really not willing to make the bet. Um, he has to fall twice his ADP before we're actually interested in drafting him overall. And um, Derek Henry is another notable one that I'm my ranks actually disagree with, but I'm actually not reaching on him. I'm just taking him close to ADP according to this formula. But uh, by consensus, the seven rankers in Superflex are actually fought, letting him fall pretty close to 15 spots to 45th overall instead of taking him close to 29th overall. Dalton Schultz is another notable avoid, whereas consensus rankers are taking him around 126th overall. Superflex ADP puts him 87th overall. Now I've turned a corner on Schultz a little bit myself. I think the targets and the volume, as Zachary constantly likes to point out to me on the Dynasty grind, every Wednesday are there. But I think what we're seeing here is that top 12 QB doesn't mean very much. We don't think he's very likely to be Travis Kelsey or Robert Gronkowski or Jimmy Graham and therefore we'd probably fade his value um, in lieu of finding other value at different positions or in fact taking other shots at quarterback um, before we hit the 87th pick overall. Uh, Donald Mooney, another player I disagree with on consensus, but consensus players are letting him fall. Again, uh, a common theme here is age, despite proven production, um, or youth without proven production in the form of Drake London, um, which is, again, it's actually pretty sharp. Um, all right, let me see if I can get out of here some some interesting notes. All right, so I just went over a few of them, but let me list the top five values that consensus ADP rankers in Superflex are willing to reach on. Patrick Mahomes third overall, AJ Brown, 35th overall, Tyree Kill, 45th overall, we're taking him on average 22nd overall, so that's a significant reach. Elijah Moore, again, as I went through, I can't get too high on Elijah Moore, consensus ADP rankers are willing to take him really high, and I think it's a sharp take, there's a solid floor there, but I can't get high enough to say I'm actually too high on Elijah Moore. And that's followed by George Kittle, interestingly enough, at the tight end position. You'll notice there's not many running back reaches in Dynasty consensus ranks. The first one is actually Najee Harris. He's been taken 18th overall according to Superflex ADP, and average consensus rankers are taking him 14th overall. The next two values come at 14th and 15th um, according to consensus ranks, and that's Miles Gaskin, being ranked like 229, so barely a pick in Superflex, um, within, uh, within a mark anyway, whereas consensus rankers are willing to take him 166th overall, or at least take a late round stab at him. The next one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who we've talked about as a potential breakout this year, so I was happy to see his name. He's been taking 98th overall according to Superflex ADP. Superflex rankers are saying they would take him closer to 67th overall if forced, so they're reaching on him 30 picks above his actual ADP. Um, the top five avoids, according to Superflex Consensus, Leonard Fournette, Drake London, as I already mentioned, Josh Allen, as I already mentioned, Christian McCaffrey as well. Again, we're taking him 21st overall by consensus, fading other more valuable positions with more likely sustained position and less risk of injury, whereas we've been taking 11th overall by consensus ADP. The fifth one is interesting. It's Kirk Cousins. He's being drafted 32nd off the board by Superflex ADP, but Superflex rankers are ranking him around 80th overall. So that, that tasty, tasty, cheap 
top 12 potential QB value because no one thinks it's sexy, the average drafter is taking it before Superflex rankers. So saying you're high on Kirk Cousins or you're just going to take Kirk Cousins later is probably a lie because if you're relying on Kirk Cousins, or at least inaccurate, if you're relying on Kirk Cousins falling to you after other positions get to you, it's not going to happen because Superflex drafters are actually taking him 32nd overall, whereas rankers are only taking him 80th overall. So he's probably not available if you're waiting for him to fall to you. Um, Other avoids include sleepers, basically. Cameron Brait, Russell Gage, Derek Henry, as I talked about, is an interesting one. And then we go into Dalton Schultz. Tua Tunga-Vailoa is going 30 spots later in Superflex rankings versus ADP. Donald Mooney as well. We mentioned that's more likely a proven but age concern. I actually disagree. He's 24, close to 25 right now, and I'm one of the players willing to take him close to ADP, if not above it. Um, Mark Andrews is being significantly faded by consensus. I think I'm swaying that slightly because he's been taking 32nd overall, and, and consensus ranks are 42nd overall, and I think I probably am one of the players who has him lowest. I'm actually just going to check that because I haven't dug into that yet. Yeah, I have him ranked 43rd overall. Consensus is 42nd. Nope, tell a lie. Ryan McDowell has him 17th overall um, as a tight end 12. And Mike H has him 55th overall as a tight end 6. Wow, Ryan's got a lot of hate going with him. and actually makes me look more in line with consensus. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. I thought I was going to be by myself. Um, also, Joe Burrow makes an interesting entry on this list. He's the 15th. Um, hardest avoid according to Superflex consensus. He was drafted fourth overall in ADP, but Superflex rankers are only willing to take him sixth overall, so we're mostly avoiding him with a 35% difference in his overall ADP and his position rank ADP. That's essentially because Superflex rankers are more aware of his TD dependence last year and are expecting some level of regression and find it hard to think that last year is just the beginning and if not the ceiling of what he can actually do in that offense. Although volume does fix everything and there is potentially more upside, it's actually probably a 1-3% to 3%, um, range, of, uh, range of outcomes, whereas most rankers are thinking this is just the beginning and he can become Peyton Manning, whereas rankers are mostly avoiding that uh, and leading closer towards the average outcome, which is he's more of a top 12, top 8 quarterback than he is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Again, 2022 will tell us the truth, but currently rankers um, think the upside is slightly exaggerated, at least to the tune that he's the 15th highest avoid. They wouldn't avoid him, they're only taking him two spots lower, but that is a significant number of spots when you're considering just players in the top six overall. I actually think there's somewhat of a top seven tier in Superflex right now. And um, some people uh, I've talked to about this says it's probably more top three. Um, th- there are about seven players I'd value quite equally at the top of Superflex ranks right now. Um, for my own, uh, I know, my own ranks, whatever. Um, anyway, I hope you found this interesting. If, if seeing it is better, again, I've already posted my article on Patreon. There's a link to the sheet where you can see most of it. And I'm very close to getting this article written for DLF. And hopefully it should be published by them fairly soon within the next few weeks. So you can check it out there as well. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, again, there's a sheet in there so you can put your own ranks in there and see where you are reaching and avoiding. And again, just, just due diligence. I'll just put the little asterisks on there and remind you that Matt, accurately pointed out it's not just values and avoids it could also be given up value and risky picks you could look at it the exact opposite way but personally i like to kind of go all in on what i think 
for a given season. Um, as I imagine most Superflex rankers do, which is why they side towards value there um, overall in general. Anyway, thanks very much. Uh, talk to you all next week on time, as always, or at least next week. Uh, really appreciate it. See you there. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.